0: In 1960, less than 4% of bodies were cremated for burial in this country. That number has steadily risen to today. Almost 50% of persons are now cremated. There are a number of interrelated reasons for this, but it's a troubling trend. Historically, the Catholic Church was adamantly opposed to cremation because the symbolism of burning a dead body speaks against the very heart of our faith. As Christians, we await the resurrection of the body. This is the hope that our faith aims towards. Now, it's true, of course, that even when a person's body is buried rather than cremated, that the body begins to depose fairly quickly. Depending on the type of casket and the environmental conditions, in most cases, the body will be reduced to dust in a few decades. And usually at that point, it's really indistinguishable from cremated remains. But that's not the point. Obviously, the resurrection in which our souls are reunited with our bodies is a work of God. Indeed, even St. Paul says that we will inherit glorified bodies, which may look somewhat different from what we have now. Yet it's a fact that our souls were meant for bodies. We, as human beings, are this composite of spirit and matter that demands that we honor our bodies even in death. Burning something is a sign that we no longer have any use for it. Indeed, the Church herself burns liturgical objects, such as altar cloths or priestly vestments, that are no longer usable. It's a sign that something can no longer be used to perform its function, and thus serves no continuing purpose, even if in its lifetime it was a blessed object. Well, that's fine for inanimate objects which are limited to this life, such as liturgical cloths. But as baptized believers, we ourselves are consecrated to God with and through our bodies. We are created to have bodies, but also... We are created to have eternal life. Thus, the burial of the body is a sign of that hope. Now, some might say, who cares about the body as long as my soul goes to heaven? But if we listen to the angelic doctor, St. Thomas Aquinas, he says that the existence of the soul in heaven, while still awaiting the resurrection of the body, is a kind of violence. Now, that sounds awfully strange a soul in heaven is undergoing a kind of violence? Not violence in the painful sense, but rather in heaven, before the resurrection, the saints enjoy, of course, the beatific vision. Rather, what Aquinas means is that violence is a state in which the soul is existing in an unnatural way. Even in heaven, in the presence of God and the angels and the communion of saints, the soul is not fully at peace until it can be reunited with its body. This is why we await the resurrection. Many pagans burned the bodies of their dead because they didn't believe in an afterlife. Or maybe they believed in some kind of afterlife, but it was so fundamentally different from this life that the body had no role to play in it. In the early centuries after Christ, the Romans often burned the bodies of martyrs, such as St. Lawrence to demoralize Christians, because they knew that Christians awaited the resurrection. But even then, of course, the Christians understood that God would not be thwarted by such antics. Yet nevertheless, the reverence we show for the deceased body by burying it in the ground properly is a great sign of our faith and our hope for eternal life. Until recently, the church would not even celebrate funeral rites for a person who chose to have their body cremated because it was considered ipso facto a denial of faith in the resurrection. In 1963, that was changed so that a Catholic funeral could be performed for a cremated body, so long as the cremation was not chosen specifically as a denial of the resurrection, and so long as the intention of the person's family was to properly bury or intern the ashes, not to scatter them, or keep them in a profane place such as above their fireplace. But still, the Church urgently prefers us to maintain reverence for the body by not cremating it and by burying an actual body in the ground. To bury the body was traditionally considered one of the seven great corporal works of mercy. Doing so is a sign that we take the reality of our created nature seriously that we are neither animated matter nor merely an infleshed spirit. We are instead a unique creation of God, a bodily thing, but something that is given this eternal principle of life through our rational soul. This is why the ascension of our Lord marks such a monumental shift in salvation history. As the author of the letter to the Hebrews says, Christ did not enter into a sanctuary made from human hands a copy of the true one, but heaven itself, that he might now appear on our behalf before God. The body that we have is not a throwaway thing. Christ himself did not shed his earthly body on the way to heaven. Rather, he took his body up, the same body that he suffered and died with on the cross, and he brought it before God the Father. The one true and everlasting sacrifice now sits at the right hand of the Father. Where it stands is a bridge between God and man that we call the new covenant, the overcoming of the reign of sin that has marked humankind since the fall. It's why Our Lady would later follow in her bodily assumption into heaven, because Christ was the flesh of her flesh. Christ had once lived within her, so of course it is only fitting that Mary too would be received bodily into heaven as a sign of the grace that she received in her life, of course, but also as a sign to us. A sign to us that we too become one with Christ, which we do every time we receive the Eucharist worthily. And so eternal life awaits us too. Eternal life not as a spirit floating about in the ether, but as the concrete person that we are, yet in a glorified state. How appropriate, then, that we celebrate the ascension today on the same day that we celebrate mothers. The vocation of motherhood echoes the words of Christ. This is my body given for you. Every mother experiences the profound reality, that profound reality in giving birth to a son or daughter. Love is not a sentiment or an idea or a theory. It's the concrete application and the giving of our physical selves our time, our energy, our bodily functions, for the good of another. Christ showed that on the cross. Mothers show it to us every day as they give the good of themselves for the sake of their children. All of us, in whatever state of life, see that as the model of committed love. It's why the mother-child relationship was the starting point of Christ's incarnation. That's why the ascension of Christ and the resurrection of our bodies that we all await should make sense to us. They are not nice little fairy tales that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better about the fact that eventually we're all going to die. Rather, it is a clarion call for conversion in this life, not just for the sake of the hope of the resurrection itself, but rather as a call to the way that we live here and now because this body bears the marks of everything done or received in this life. That's why St. James said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, otherwise you are deluding yourself. Because our bodies themselves are eternal. What we do here and now is eternal, whether for good or for ill. Thus St. James gives us this example. If a brother or sister has nothing to wear and has no food for the day, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat well. But you do not give them the necessities of the body, what good is it? Of course, it is no good because that person is totally ignoring the reality of that other person, their physical needs. The bodily needs are not some kind of afterthought. God didn't make us didn't make a mistake in creating us the way he did. Only one thing needs to be shed for us to enter into the kingdom of heaven that Christ will inaugurate at his second coming, and that sin and the effects of sin that we have inherited in our bodies, such as disease and infirmity. Our bodily nature is intrinsic to who we are. It was intrinsic to Christ and to his mother Mary. Thus, they've shown the way by ascending to the body, the Father, in both body and spirit. While we ourselves do not expect to ascend to the Father directly at the end of our lives, Our burial is a sign that we expect, if we have kept the faith, to be remade into glorious but still physical selves, capable of giving glory to God forever and ever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.